Hello, this is Joe. And TJ. And we are the Schoolhouse 302, and this is our 302 Thoughts, which is a part of our One Thing series. And we are getting in the nitty gritty on marketing, branding, culture in schools. We couldn't be more psyched to talk about this. It's something we love. It's something that we've written about formally in two of our books. I'll let TJ talk more about that. But essentially, and I'm going to let TJ riff on this for a little bit, but it's how do schools brand themselves in the 21st century so people take notice and schools take control of their own narrative. It's so true. It's so important, um, Joe. And here's the thing I want to say. School leaders need to have a marketing mindset, a bias towards marketing. If your continual improvement model doesn't include you telling your story, you're going to be left as one of the losers. And I hate to say it that way, but in the future of schooling, there are going to be winners and they're going to be losers. And that goes from hiring all the way to having a compelling vision that attracts staff and retains uh, quality people working in the school, but also what the community feels and supports that's happening inside the school because they know about it, because you have that marketing mindset and you're telling your story. Unfortunately, those who either don't have the culture or don't have the marketing mindset to get that culture out there are gonna suffer. And as they suffer, they're gonna start to think about less pressure in the system, not valuing high academic achievement, not valuing high performance from our teachers, because we're gonna think about the fact that if we don't put too much pressure, maybe people will enjoy a, a, a work environment that, that, that doesn't have high expectations. That's the wrong route to go, right? So I wanna just introduce a, a quick model as we get into the marketing part, because we wrote the blog about five marketing strategies five ways to tell your school story. That's a recent blog we wrote, and that's what we're riffing on today. But I, I, I can't help, Joe, but start with the concept of pressure and support because I think a lot of people are going to take their eye off their prize. They're going to take their foot off the pedal because they think that's what's going to build for an enjoyable culture that's going to retain staff. It's counterintuitive. It's the opposite of that, right? People want to work in an environment that's high functioning. They want to know that they're building, that they have their own capacity, that their capacity is being built and that we're dumping resources into them and the environment. We call that a pressure and support model. Here's how it works. If you're putting pressure in the system without support, that's not fair. If you're putting support, quote unquote, support in the system without pressure, all you're doing is supporting the status quo. The schools we work with where the leader wants to maintain the status quo, things don't get better, they get worse. It's not possible to maintain the status quo. Things won't get better, they get worse right? So it starts with the culture and that's the pressure and support model, making sure that our people have the resources that they need to do the job and building the culture from within with a standard of excellence for everything we do. Once you have that, that's going well, then you can start to tell your story. Not good to tell a story, Joe, about something that's not going well, right? Because that is a fib. I won't use the other word right? But if you're telling people that something's happening in your school that's not really happening, 
that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about making sure that the community and, and that the external world, including other educators who might come knocking on the door and beating it down to get in, know exactly what's going on, the wonderful things that are happening in schools. And we know the leaders who are listening to this right now have great schools, care about culture, or you wouldn't be listening. It's time to put on your marketing cap, change your mindset, have a bias towards telling your story as often as you possibly can. So let's talk about it. A couple of things we wrote about culture is king. It's about who you are, not what you are. And that's the first part, making sure the culture is everything that it can be. By the way, we have a survey you can use to measure your culture. It's called reps. You can get it on our site. Joe, let's talk a little bit more about marketing strategies that uh, school leaders can use. Yeah, thank you, TJ, because what you're describing is once we have something in place in our schools that we're excited about, that's what we're sharing, right? But that message should always be anchored in what the school is really about, not what you are. That's something we want to clear, make a clear distinction. People know you're a school. They know that something is going on in those schools, in the classrooms, but it's really who you are. And we make a clear distinction of that in the blog because that is what we're anchoring. The culture, the things that you're putting out well, on whatever social media, right? So we don't want to make it seem like one is better than the other. But if your audience is kids and you're trying to let kids get excited about learning, you're not going to find them on Twitter. You need to get into TikTok. I know for some of you right now are saying, I'm not going on TikTok, Joe. There's no way. But listen, if you are in a school choice environment where TJ and I come to you from in the great state of Delaware, in the wonderful county of Newcastle, we are a heavily choice environment. So all of us do marketing in some way, shape, or form. So if you are trying to get kids excited about learning, excited about school, really help build, even to a degree that self-efficacy, get on TikTok. If you want to build the knowledge of what's going on in your school, sharing like where your graduates are, the incredible accomplishments, right? There's no better place than Facebook. You got to get on Facebook. And then if you want to learn, we love Twitter. And we're going to leave that out for now because really all of our listeners that we know of love Twitter as well. But you're marketing who you are, not what you are. And that is your story. You got to build a narrative and you got to build it in a way that people want to follow. You want them to think, hey, what comes next? What's going on in that school that really is changing the lives of kids? And people on the outside want to come in and work here because of it, right? Teachers who are working in an environment that doesn't do this are going to want to come and stay in an environment that does because we care about culture, we care about kids, we care about teachers, we care about our community, and now we're telling our story. Here's the other thing for school leaders, you can't do it alone, right? We love the leadership lessons from a shirtless dancing guy, we say it all the time. Don't Google shirtless dancing guy, Google leadership lessons from a shirtless dancing guy. I actually think you can Google shirtless dancing guy now and get Derek Sivers video. But what we love about that video, Kevin Kelly's philosophy of a thousand true fans, Lee Jin wrote about it again with a hundred true fans. 
there are people out there that are already fans of your environment. They might be working for you. It could be your PTA. It could be your boosters. It could be your sports program. It could be the people who raise money for a particular issue that they're trying to solve. These are the folks you want to go to first and say, how can we get the word out, right? You want to build that bank of people who are going to hit send. They're going to hit retweet. They're going to hit like on everything that you put out. And now you have a marketing you have a brand, you have a marketing team, um, and you're telling that story. And so that's something really important that I think came out of the blog. Um, and so it's what to market and how to market and who to market. We got to be thinking about these things, again, with our marketing mindset. Joe, as we wrap up, I want to ask you, what's the one thing that you took away from this or that you've taken away from the research that we've done to write this blog for school leaders, always getting to simple to lead better and grow faster. We got to simple for school leaders because we know that they're not gonna dig into the books on marketing up to their armpits because they can't. Um, but you can get a couple of books uh, read this month on marketing. And we've recommended those in our read this series. But as far as this month goes and the marketing and the leadership, what's the one thing you wanna take away for people? One thing is always hard to drop in, but what we want to give our audience are just some takeaways. So the one thing is don't be worried about wrong. There is this notion that everything has to be curated, that how we look has to be really done through a dress rehearsal. That is not how this type of telling your school story works. We're big fans of works out there like Jan Joe Sanfilippo and some others um, that really just put it out there on what it's, you know, what's going on. Don't worry about it looking great. What you wanted to do is tell the story, feature the great work that's going on, and don't get caught up in the trap of, is this a good post? Post it. Just post it. You know, you want to make sure your kids, you have permission to post your pictures of your students. You want to make sure that you have a good acceptable use policy in place. You know, all of those things are important. You know, we want to make sure we're working in good boundaries. But when it actually comes to curating posts, don't worry about it. Just show it off. Show what's going on. What's going on in chemistry. Show that lab. I mean, some of the things our students are doing on a daily basis is phenomenal. And yet we don't say it and share it enough. So that's my one thing. Don't worry about curating it. Keep it raw. Let it be organic. Work within the boundaries. I mean, as a superintendent, you know, it's something I'm careful about and pay attention to. But I'm more concerned about whether or not our school community really knows what's going on within our walls. Yeah, that's really good advice, Joe. And it's a fundamental principle of good marketing. Ship the work. We learned this from Seth Godin. Just ship it. Get it out there. You, you holding on to it and trying to refine it means that people don't know the story. That's great advice. My one thing that I want people to do is to take an inventory of what's unique about your school, right? Lots of schools are doing the same things as every other school like them. A school is a school is a school. And unfortunately, that's still quite true. 
So it could be that when you do your inventory of the things that are unique about you, you learn that there aren't enough unique things about you. Now we have something to do. We, have, we know what to do. That's the important thing about inventories is you did an inventory with your leadership team and you found out that we don't have enough uniqueness about our elementary school that's different than any other elementary school in America. Now we need to do something about that. But the chances are that when you do that inventory, you're going to find out that you have some really unique and special things at your school that not a lot of schools have, that not all schools have. That's the place to start marketing, right? That's what people are going to gravitate towards. Not just that you have the, the, the chemistry lab, like Joe said, but that your chemistry lab kids are doing something really cool, moving around the room, blowing stuff up whatever it is that your cool chemistry teacher does that not all chemistry teachers do, that's the place to start. What's unique about you? Um, and that's where you're going to find the others, people who are going to be attracted and who are going to want to come work there and who are going to send their kids there and who are going to want to be a part of something great. There you have it, guys. We hope that you'll go to the site, theschoolhouse302.com and subscribe to get our content, blog posts, video blogs, books to read, always on the topic of leadership to help you to lead better and to grow faster. We'll see you next time. Hey leaders, before you go, one more announcement. We now have available for you our candid and compassionate feedback masterclass. Really, because of high demand, we are thrilled to offer this. This is a course that we run live and in person all the time, and leaders love it. They learn to give feedback with skills that they can use right away, including better praise to lift and celebrate your team. It's now available in a virtual online format that you can take on your own, self-paced, from the comfort of your office or home. Here's what you'll get. There are 11 lessons with a focus on nine candor cancellations that we wrote in our Candid and Compassionate Feedback book. These are mistakes that leaders make that we don't want you to make anymore. We'll teach you models so that your feedback is meaningful and we'll give you tools necessary to build the culture that you always wanted. Trust us, without these critical skills, you're not capitalizing on your own capacity to lead better and grow faster. Go to the site, theschoolhouse302.com, click on shop courses, add this course to your cart and start learning today. Mm -hmm.